Great. We're continuing in our series of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That, that's what we're doing. And Nawaz and Lassia served us wonderfully uh, a few weeks back. And uh, we're, we're, I'm going to continue with part three this week. Uh, yes, part three this week. And uh, so, so, so let's start. So, you know, when, we are, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, yeah, what happens is you know that your sins are forgiven. Wow, it's great. You're a sinner. You heard the gospel message and uh, you say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose from the dead. And we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And we say, Jesus, I'm, I'm making you the Lord of my life. What does that mean? It means I'm saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I'm going to read your word as found in the Bible and obey it. That's what I'm going to do. You know? That's the commitment we are making. So when we come to faith, it's not just fire insurance. Sadly, for many Christians, salvation is like buying fire insurance. I'm not going to help. That's it. No, that's just one part of it. Okay. It's more than that. It's, it's salvation is belonging to Jesus and saying willingly, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. And, and this happens not at a one-time thing. I did it 20 years ago. But it's a daily thing where we, are, where we are in fellowship with Jesus, in fellowship with His people. okay, And we are seeking His will, seeking His word and saying, Lord, what do you want me to do today? How can I serve you? How can I please you? And, and, and that is what salvation is all about. And when we, and part of the package of salvation is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. When, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are immersed in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that adds a new dimension to our Christian living. Previously, we were powerless, we were weak. But with the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, you will receive power. We receive power. And this power comes in the form of many different gifts. And that's the topic we're, we're exploring today and the last few weeks and the next few weeks is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that happens, remember the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the gathered disciples and they were all filled with the Spirit. They spoke in tongues, they prophesied, they praised God. So the Holy Spirit enabled them to do that. And uh, my prayer for Word of Grace Church is that each one of us We'll find out what gifts the Holy Spirit has given us. And these gifts are not to place in our cupboard and leave there for a rainy day. Those gifts are that, uh, that we would be able to use them to bless the body. Okay. So before, we, before I go into the different gifts this morning, I'm going to do one section of them. Okay. I'd like to just share a few things to remind us, you know, is this number one is this that these gifts are given for a purpose in first corinthians uh, chapter 12 verse 7 so all these verses and the gifts are found in first corinthians chapter 12 and romans chapter 12 primarily so first corinthians and if you have a bible you can turn to that first corinthians 12 verse 7 says this now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So, so the purpose of the gifts is to bless the body. That's what it is. The purpose of the gifts is to advance God's kingdom, to bless the body. To, it's not 
for me to show off the gifts God has given me, but it's to bless the body. Okay. The next thing is 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11. It says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he gives them to each one just as he determined. The second thing is to realize that the source of the gifts is the Holy Spirit. Okay. As last year wonderfully shared a couple of weeks ago, we, we don't deserve the gifts. They're just they are grace gifts that are given to us. So, and it's the Holy Spirit who gives us gifts just as he determines. Now, I don't know why he gives, you know, Meher the gift of evangelism or Samantha the gift of uh, administration. You know, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the Holy Spirit who determines it. Okay, and we've got to recognize that. He's the one who gives the gifts. He's the source of all the different gifts. And in the next thing is, we realize that these gifts are diverse. They are very different from one another. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 14, it says, Now, these, these gifts are diverse and only... 1 Corinthians 12 verse 14 says, Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And, and Paul is showing us here that just as our human bodies are made up of many parts, so also Christ's spiritual body, the church, is made up of many parts. Diverse parts. The eye is so different from the liver and the liver is so different from the foot and the hand. And so we are different. We are not meant to be sausages you get out from a packet. You know, you buy sausages. Each one is the same size, same texture, same shape. But we are different, different personalities, different giftings, diverse. Okay. So, so we need to value one another's diversity and differences. And and 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And in that diversity, there is unity. That together as we function, the body functions properly. Each one is important. If one gift is missing on, you know, or not an operation, it's not only that gift that suffers, but the rest of the body suffers. Okay? And then... Uh, we, we see that not only are, they, are, are the gifts diverse, but there is a divine order. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 says this, But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Wow. That means that your gift and your place here at Word of Grace has been ordained not by me, but by God. God has placed you here for a purpose. Okay? And, uh, and finally, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And so, oh, you know, there is something given to us where we can desire gifts as well, but we can't demand them. It's up to the Holy Spirit to give them to us. So whatever gift God has given you, your responsibility is to discover that gift. Is to say, what is the Lord? What is my purpose? You've saved me. What's my purpose? Not just discover it, but to value the gift. You know, uh, even if you, you you may think, oh, I only have the gift of hospitality. That's it. I can't preach. I can't sing. I can't teach. Hey, value the gift. Value it, because God has decided to give you that gift. Okay, not just value it. We then develop it. We say, how can I take that gift? To a higher level what can I do to 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 grow that gift 
and, and not only grow that gift, but then we deploy it. We use it. If God has called me to be this, I will be faithful with that. that that's what it is because our faithfulness will be rewarded. Okay, so, so, so we've got these gifts. And, and what we've got to realize is the gifts are grace gifts. And when we use them, there's a supernatural grace and blessing upon it to dispense grace to others. The other thing I want to share is that although there are many gifts, yeah, we are all called to operate in these gifts. What does that mean? It means that I may not have the gift of prophecy, but I'm encouraged to seek God and to prophesy. I may not have the gift of healing, but I'm encouraged to pray for healing for people. You get it? So it's not saying I'll only do what my gift is. No, we, 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 we do as much as possible. We step low, for example, you know, we're all called to give and we're all called to serve. But some people have a supernatural gifting that they are serving is amazing and their giving is so generous. Okay, but we're all called to give, we're all called to serve, we're all called to prophesy, we're all called to do, multi, you know, all these different gifts. All right, so today we're going to look at the administrative gifts. Now there are many classifications of gifts. You know, some people categorize them into two, three classifications, some in, into two, some into five. You know, so we've got five or six different classifications and we're going to look at these gifts in detail over the next few weeks. Okay, and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gifts, Lord. Thank you that you have poured out amazing, abundant gifts upon us. Lord, I pray that as I teach on this this morning, your anointing would be upon me, that something would resonate in our hearts, that we would recognize what is the gift you've given us, and we would gladly and joyfully deploy these gifts for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So let, let's dive into this thing. So we're looking this morning at the administrative gifts. Okay. And uh, the, so the first gift, administrative gift I've, I've picked up is the gift of service. And this is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. I, I remember I told you there are a few passages that contain many of the gifts. Romans chapter 12 is one of them. And uh, we're going to look at that a few times this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 and 7 says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. All right. So this gift is a gift of grace. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. God in his goodness has given you a gift. If a man's gift is prophesy, prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. And that's the gift you're focusing on. One of the gifts you're focusing on this morning is a gift of service. And that word service is the word in Greek, diakonia, which means deacon or really used for people waiting on tables, serving. Okay. In 1 Peter chapter 4, 10, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says this, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others as faithful stewards or waiters of God's grace. That's the word again. Okay. So that's what it is. And uh, if anyone serves, that's 1 Peter 4 verse 10, he says he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised. Okay, so, so this was what. Now, 
So this spiritual gift or, of service or ministering covers a wide range of activities in, in its application. And there are two words used for this. One is, like I said, diakonia, which is to wait on tables, waiter, deacon. That's what we get. And that's what is translated in the Bible as service or serving. Okay. And in some translations, it's the word ministry as well. Okay. And uh, so, so that's where it is. And, uh, and then there's another verse, which is, you know, this is a little gift that comes along with serving that is tucked there in the middle of the gifts, which you may not even have noticed. Okay. And that is the word, the gift of helps, helps. Did you, did you know that there was such thing as a gift of helps? <laughs> look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. Let's look at verse 28. And in the church, 1 Corinthians 12 was, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others help others you know and those with the gifts of administration speaking in different kinds of tongues so serving and the gift of helps they're related they go together and, and we look at how these gifts are at work so God's purpose is to fill this earth with his glory as the waters cover the sea it's to see the gospel preached to the ends of the earth and and, and what God does is we all play our role in, in, in doing this. Okay. Now, some people have a more public ministry. You know? For example, preaching or worship and standing up in front of a crowd and, and doing all that. But for many, the, 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 the ministry and the calling is not so much a public thing, but more behind the scenes. Okay. And they are, now, which is important? Both are important. And we see this clearly in Acts chapter 6. Okay, turn with me to Acts chapter 6 where this wonderful gift of uh, serving and, uh, is, is demonstrated practically in, in the early church. So in Acts chapter 6, familiar passage, we see that in those days the number of the disciples was increasing. Verse 1. Wow, wonderful. But as soon as growth happened, there were growing pains. Okay, there was some conflict between the Grecian widows and the Hebraic Jews and the widows and the distribution of food. And so the apostles said, hey, you know, God is at work. People are being saved. And uh, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. And they said, choose from you seven men who are known to be full of the spirit, full of wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Okay, so, so, so this is God's plan that he gives different gifts to different people. We don't choose which gift we get. God gives it to us. And what we are responsible for is, Lord, whatever you've given me, may I be faithful with it. Help me to grow it and help me to use it well. Okay, that, that's what it is. And so, so they chose seven men and, and we hear about Stephen. And, and what we've got to realize is, you may think, serving on tables, serving the biryani, or washing the dishes, that sounds like a menial task. But even for this task that the world would consider menial, God has qualifications. Men full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Even that waiting on table required the Holy Spirit. 
the power of the Holy Spirit. And they chose these men. They prayed for them. They laid hands on them. That's what the apostles did. And the result of this was this. Verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So the point is this. Whatever your gift, maybe it's service, serving, helps. Whatever that gift is, it is important for the advancement of your kingdom. Okay? So there's no so, so don't sit on your gift, but you've got to say, Lord, how can I use my gift? And the second thing to remember is that this gift that needs to be used needs to be used in conjunction with the local church. There are no solo gifted people here that you know your hand may be very talented but if it's not connected to the body it's useless so i want to exhort each one of you find out what your gift is and use it in the body that's what god is going to hold you accountable for okay that's what god is going to hold you accountable for in uh, you know and and god is keeping score in in revelation chapter 2 verse 19 Right, uh, speaking to the church in Thyatira, Revelation 2, verse 19. Uh, you know, look at verse 18. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. This is the living God we worship. I know your deeds, your love and your faith, your service and perseverance etc. And so what I'd like to say is even the service that we do, giving a cup of cold water to somebody, is, does not go unnoticed by God. Okay? And uh, th that's how it is. So, so, so let's uh, proceed with that. So, so these are the gifts of service. And, and, and in this, so these gifts of serving and helps are ways where we can serve others and especially serve those whose ministries and gifts are more public. Okay? And, and, and people with these gifts are not seeking recognition or position in the spotlight. Okay? They just want to help out. And they are content serving in the background, knowing that their contribution will bless the church and will display the love of Christ to the world and bring glory to God. So I uh, ho hope that helps. So this is the gift of service, gift of helps. Okay, let's move on. The next gift we're going to look at is the gift of teaching. Okay, Once more, this gift is, is found in, in Romans 12, where Paul says in verse 7, he says, if it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. Okay, so th that is the gift of teaching. And again, we see it in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, where Paul says, um, and, yeah, and then workers of miracles, and also those having gifts of healing, and those able to help others, and uh, you've got teaching there as well. Okay, and third, teachers. Okay, that was it. So, the gift of teaching, and we see this again in Ephesians 4:11. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So, so teachers are people who are able to instruct others from the Bible in a logical and systematic way. Okay, so that they can communicate pertinent inf information for true understanding and growth. Okay, that means you're able to take 
the word and able to dispense it to different groups of people in a simple way. Take the complicated, make it simple. Not take the simple, make it complicated. Okay, that's how it is. And uh, so, so this gift is a very important gift and it carries a heavy responsibility in the church. In fact, in James chapter 3 verse 1, James warns us, he says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Okay, so it's a very responsible gift. And uh, teachers have been entrusted with the task of communicating what the Bible says effectively and saying, okay, how does this apply to my life today? How do we apply this verse? Now, and uh, so, so, so this is what it is. Now, uh, so I, I think I don't need to share much more about teaching. We, we understand what it is. But if, if you have, how, how do you know you have a gift of teaching? Number one is you, you have a deep desire for God's word. You love to read the word. You love to study the word. You like to see different things in it. And, and, and you, you know, that, that's what you like to do. And you have the ability to communicate it with others. Okay. You, you can take the complex and make it simple. And now not everybody is called to teach on a public level, like say what I'm doing now, but we are all called to teach. It says teach and admonish one another. So the gift of teaching can be in a small group setting as well. You have a few people or just one-on-one. -on -one. So, so although it's the same gift, there are different spheres of operation. Some people are called to preach before thousands and teach before thousands and praise God. That, that's one. You know, others may be called to teach and preach in a smaller setting. Praise God for that. Or just one-to-one. -one. So let's keep that in mind. So that is the gift of teaching. And uh, uh, we, need, we need all these gifts in the church. Okay, we need all these gifts. Okay? Just uh, going back to the gift of service and healing and helps, you know, just think about it. Uh, th that is such, such an important gift to fill in the gaps in the church. Okay, and uh, so... When you see a need in church, when you see a need, are you, are you a person who's saying, oh, I, I want to help them. I wonder I, I could do something and help them in some practical way. That, that's a clue that you may have the gift of service or healing. When you see it, there's a job undone, you say, hey, this needs to be done. And you, you're, you're moving towards getting that done. Okay, let's move on. Then, of course, we've got the gift of administration. The gift of administration and uh, we see that in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. Those able to help others, those with the gifts of administration. And this word administration comes from a Greek word that, talks, that refers to steering or guiding. You know, when you have a ship, you have somebody who steers the vessel. Okay, so that's the gift of administration. And uh, it, it, it refers to a captain or a shipmaster. You know, that's what it is. And the idea is to guide or direct a group of people towards a goal, okay? And uh, with this gift, the Holy Spirit enables Christians to organize, to direct, and to implement plans to lead others in the various ministries of the church, okay? And uh, so that's what it is. And so with this gift, this kind of person loves tasks. They have a to-do list. They can write that down. You know, they can plan, they can prioritize, and they like to do it one, two, three, four, five, and they will just go at it like that. Yeah? 
And uh, so, so that's wonderful. And, and we need that kind of gift because as a church, we organize events, we handle things, and we need somebody to put all, put order into all these things and to enable us to function well. So, so that's the gift of administration. Okay. So re related to the gift of administration is, is the gift of leadership. And this is found in Romans 12, verse 8, which says, uh, yeah, it talks about leadership. It says, if it is leadership, let him govern diligently. Leadership, let him govern, go govern diligently. And this, this gift of leadership is closely connected to the gift of administration and also the gift of the pastor or the shepherd and, and so forth. And uh, so, so this word leadership means to lead, to assist, to protect, to care for others. Okay? And, and that's what it is. And so the, the difference between the gift of administration and the gift of leadership is the gift of administration is mainly focused on doing tasks, doing things, whereas the gift of leadership is fo more focused on people. Okay? And, and people. So it's caring for people, building people up, you know, helping people move along. That, that's, that, that's the gift of leadership. Okay? And so uh, we need both the gifts. We need all the gifts. Okay? So the Holy Spirit gives a spiritual gift of leadership to some people in the church to care for God's people and lead them into a deeper relationship with Christ and with each other. That's what it is. Okay, so it's helping people grow in their spiritual walk with Jesus. And, uh, and, and the way they lead is, you know, it, it could be through teaching and preaching, but it also, but will also involve re leading relationally with a deep concern for the well-being of others. And often people with the gift of leadership are, are more visionary. They can see the big picture, okay, but they are less concerned with the, the details, okay, and, and they often need the help of good administrators and, and people with the gift of service and helps to take that vision and make it happen, okay, and, uh, and usually the gifts, people with the gift of leadership have, are more entrepreneurial, you know, they, 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 and pioneering, and they can, they're willing to take risks and see the kingdom advance through the church. So that, that's what it is. Now, there are a couple of uh, stipulations given for this gift of leadership. And we see it in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. And it talks about, you know, the same word used there, leadership. He must manage or lead his family. Same word for leadership. It says he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Okay, so in the church, the leadership gift is, is there, but we start by leading our own family. Okay, and then when we are able to do that, God entrusts us with leading the church. Okay, let's move on. So we've seen so far the gift of uh, service, the gift of helps, very important gifts. We see the gift of teaching. We see the gift of administration, the gift of leadership. And now we're going to look at another gift, and it's called the gift of giving or generosity. It's found again in Romans 12, verse 
8. He says, if it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. Okay, to give generously. Now, the Holy Spirit gives this gift to some in the church to meet the various needs of the church and its ministries and missionaries uh, or the poor in the church. Okay, and, and the goal is to encourage and provide and, and realizing that, hey, all my money, my abilities, my talents come from God. Okay, these are grace gifts and, and I want to use what he has blessed me with to be a blessing in, in the kingdom. And uh, that's what it is. And people with this gift of generosity, typically we look, look for people who are in need and will, will be generous, you know, and help them to just... Uh, and to meet that need, you know, they'll go out of the way. Hospit and connected to their generosity is also hospitality. So they, are, so they are looking out for ways to seek others and help others. Okay? And, uh, and sometimes what this involves is, 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 is cutting down their lifestyle, adjusting their lifestyles in order to be able to give more to spread the gospel, to care for the needy that's what it is you know and uh, in our church we've got many people who've got this wonderful gift of generosity they are so generous in giving and uh, in different ways and I can you know I'll just name some that I, a couple that I personally know I know of Ephraim and Joanna and they've been so open with your home and different hospitality and other things they've done and uh, there's, of course, Manish and Shoma as well. And there are many others. I don't know my name, all of them. But just to say that, you know, that we are all called to give. We are all called to be generous. But some people have a supernatural anointing upon them that, that they are able to take the blessings God has given and give. Yeah, and, and serve. Wonderful. Yeah. I, I'll, 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 I'll tell you a story of a guy who lived in a... His name is Robert Arthington. Okay, he lived in a single room, he cooked his own meals, and he shared his friendship with students who were in need, yet he gave a tremendous amount of money during his lifetime to Christian missions. Wow. When he died, his estate was worth $5 million, and he gave it all to missions. Amazing. Okay. There's another guy called Henry Cromwell. Okay. He got TB as a boy. Okay. Young boy, got TB. And one day he heard D.L. Moody preach. And he says, Lord, I can't be a preacher, but I can be a good businessman. God, if you make me money, I will use it in your service. He later started the Quaker Oats Company <laughs> and consistently gave 60 to 70% of his income to the Lord's work. Isn't that amazing? Okay. And, and so I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, yesterday, and said, listen, you know, God does not want us to increase our standard of living, but our standard of giving. <laughs> you know, the, the world is looking to increase our standard of living all the time, you know, and, and earn, spend, earn, spend. But God is saying, hey, I'm going to give you that you can be a blessing to others. Okay, so, so let, let's do that. Let, let's say, Lord, you know, as Sunit shared so wonderfully in the offering today, everything we have is from him. Okay, once we leave this earth, we can't take anything with us. Let's send it ahead. Let's be generous in our giving. Yeah? The gift day is an opportunity. 
and uh, serving people in the church. It's been so wonderful, I tell you, to see people responding to Sunit and Sam and others uh, in, in their time of need, sending meals that we have to actually say, stop, please don't send any more meals, don't help out. And, and there is such a joy in giving. As we give, Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, I want to encourage each one of you to step out in this area. See how you can you how can you be a blessing to somebody else? All right? Okay, let's move on. The next gift we're going to look at is the gift of encouraging. Again, the gift of encouraging is where you, where you come alongside someone. You know, and that word for encourager is paraklesis, similar word to the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. So you're coming alongside someone with words of encouragement, comfort, consolation, counsel and to help them be strong in God and help them be all God wants to be. And so this is a spiritual gift of exhortation or the gift of encouragement. Okay, and uh, this is it. And, and really what we are doing is helping people who may be depressed or down or going through a difficult situation where we're coming alongside them and pointing out to what Jesus has done, his great love for them and, and, and to help them to do what is right in God. Okay, and uh, we see that happening. So, so, so this is the gift of, maybe you have that in, gift of encouragement. Okay, we don't have time to get into all the scriptures that speak, speak about it. Okay, but, but there are many scriptures that speak about this gift of encouragement. All right, and I'm going to give you, and the last gift we're going to look at this, this morning is gift of mercy. Again, in Romans 12, 8, speaks about if it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of the others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Okay, well, what does it mean to be merciful? It means that we are sensitive towards those who are suffering, whether physically mentally, emotionally, and to feel a genuine sympathy with their misery, and we can speak words of compassion, and we can care for them with deeds of love to alleviate their distress. Okay. Now, all Christians are called to be merciful. Jesus himself said, be merciful because you in heaven is, you know, because we have been shown mercy. Now, that's what we are called to do. But there are some people who have this supernatural gift of mercy that just enables them to be with people who are suffering and to communicate the love of God and the grace of God. Okay. And uh, Romans 12, 15 says, weep with those who weep. Uh, Galatians 6, 2 says, bear with one another's burdens. Okay. And uh, that, that's what we you know, another part of being merciful is they are good listeners. They are just able to sit down and listen to people as they unburden themselves. Okay? I'll give you a story, an illustration of a person who had this gift. You know, there was a man in Living Word Church in Bombay many years ago. His name was Michael DeCosta and he was a recovering alcoholic. He got saved, he got delivered. And uh, he, he wasn't rich by any circumstance. He used to ride on a bicycle. Okay. And uh, one of the things he did as he was riding around Bandra is he met a group of people who were suffering with leprosy. Anybody seen people with leprosy? People with leprosy, they're on the street, they beg and all that. Okay. And, you know, 
He does the normal thing. He goes up and starts speaking to them. I'm sure you've all done that. Anyway, but that's what he does. He goes up and starts chatting with them, gets into a conversation with them. And, uh, you know, and he realizes after speaking to them, he says that he heard from them that they are not allowed to take a bath in the public bathrooms. They are shooed away. So they have to go and have a bath in the sea with salt water. Okay. And that also early in the morning because people don't want them to come there in, into the sea. So he was very concerned about them and they were not getting medical attention and all. And so he came to, now this is how the gift works. Okay. He had the gift of mercy. Something in him resonated when he heard about their plight and he says, we've got to do something. And he comes to the church leadership and says, listen, this is the state of the people with leprosy. Come on, let's do something. And he said, I'll take my cycle and I'll go and I'll take a, a drum of water and take it to them so that they can have a bath. Amazing. And uh, the church leadership said, no, 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 we will step in and we rented an ambulance or a van with water. We got a doctor involved and uh, the work started. Okay. And so one once and twice and three times a week would go to a secluded spot get the people of leprosy there give them water so they could have a bath with fresh water have a doctor come and look at their needs amazing you know now that ministry that started more than 20 years ago has now grown into a big ministry where you've got a dedicated van and, and so forth. And I'm saying it all started because of one man and his heart towards the people with leprosy. Okay. Now, just as Michael did this and unleashed this great ministry, there are so many other people who are hurting and suffering in the world. Is on there. All kinds of things. There's human trafficking. There are people in prison. There are widows. There are orphans. There are people who are the blind and the deaf. And, uh, uh, you know, um, you have wives who are, who, are, who are beaten. And all kinds of things that are there. Huge, huge needs in the world. And it's the church of Jesus Christ that needs to rise up and say, Hey, I want to do something like Michael. So I'm going to bring our time to an end this morning. We've looked at all these different gifts. So I said, you were created to serve God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's what God has done. He's, he's created you to do good works. He's gifted you with His Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit so you can use that in conjunction with the rest of the body, the church, so that the name of Jesus would, you know, would spread throughout this world and the needs of people would be met. Okay? And uh, so, so I want to encourage you this morning. Will you spend time with the Lord? Listen to the sermon again and the ones to follow and say, Lord, what is my gift? Okay, if you need some help, come and speak to one of your leaders, the gym leader, speak to Nawaz, myself and others and say, hey, what do you think is my gift? You know, I want to fulfill my purpose on earth. 
what can I do? And we, we will be happy to guide you and help you in that. But don't bury your talent. You remember what happened in the parable of the talents? Yeah, one got whatever, five, the other got two and the other got one. The ones who got five and two put it to work and multiplied it and they got rewarded. The one who had one buried it in the ground. Okay, don't bury your gift in the ground. Jesus is not pleased with that. But say, Lord, I want to use my gift. I want to do something with the gift you've given me, Lord. And you can only be fully successful with it as you're connected to the church and you do it in conjunction with others because we need one another. Michael DeCosta was a poor guy with a bicycle. All he, he couldn't even you know, afford the, the drum with the water. Okay, but because he connected with the church, that's, you know, One Nation Church, which Franco leads there. And because he connected with the church, we have medical vans worth 20, 30 lakhs, okay, that are able to minister to so many people suffering with leprosy. Well, God bless you this morning. And uh, let's just pray. Come. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. That through your Holy Spirit, you've blessed us with amazing gifts in order to serve you and bring glory to you. I pray for each one here, Lord, that we would, we would know what our gifts are, we would value them, and we would use them with the rest of the body for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.